please stand for the reading of our scripture this morning. It comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly, I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. want to say good morning and welcome again to all of you who are gathered into this space as well as those of you who are watching online or watching later on in the week. We are so glad that you've taken time to join us in celebrating what God is doing in our world. Let us take a moment to go to God in prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for today, a day where we are gathered into this place safe and free to worship you. But God, remind us that just as the song says that you died to make men holy, let us die to make men free. Send us, God, from this place to declare the freedom that comes from knowing you, that comes from being a part of your kingdom, knowing salvation and eternal life in you and through you. Lord Jesus, watch over us today. Stir your spirit in our hearts that we might truly love you and walk as your disciples. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I have found that there are songs that frame different seasons of my life, even different seasons of my year. In the summertime, it's generally Kenny Chesney, no shoes, no shirt, no problems. I was just at the beach yesterday, and that was like the theme uh, while we were out there at Jekyll Island. In the wintertime, it's uh, Changes in Latitude, Changes in Attitude by Jimmy Buffett. You can probably catch a theme here with my musical selections. But one of my favorite songs to hear in the fall um, is a song by Big and Rich called Come Into Your City. Do y'all know Big and Rich, Come Into Your City? Okay, you're probably better off for not knowing it. I, I love that song because it means something when I hear it played on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. It means that college game day is on the TV. It means I get to spend the next three hours catching up with all of the Bears picks and everything that's going to happen in the college football landscape. It means that football season is in full swing. By my count, there's only 62 days and six and a half hours until toe meets leather and Georgia Southern takes on the Citadel. And that school up north, um, they, uh, they play the University of Tennessee. Martin, don't get too excited about that, Martin, University of Tennessee, Martin, not the volunteers, I don't know, maybe the conscription. But this song, Coming to Your City, has been a theme that's played in my mind ever since we started in this passage of scripture, way back in Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus gathers his disciples and tells them, hey guys, I have been going from city to city, proclaiming the kingdom of God, healing driving out demons, setting people free. And everywhere I go, I see, Jesus says, people who are harassed and who are helpless. 
This is the scene that I see when I go from city to city. So Jesus, with his disciples gathered around, says, friends, let's pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers out into his harvest field because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so the disciples, you can imagine their excitement. They say, all right, well, let's pray. Jesus said, pray, let's, let's pray. And so they, they bow their heads and they close their eyes. And I can just imagine the scene. There's, you know, there's Peter, James, John, because they're always the three of them together. There's Andrew, who's like Peter's you know, cousin, and they're there. And then, then there's uh, Simon, the zealot on this side. And then there's uh, you know, uh, Matthew, the tax collector, on the other side. Because they don't jihad, right? You can imagine them. They all have their every eye closed, every head bowed, right? And they're praying, Lord, send out workers into your harvest field. Lord, send them out. Send out people to be prophets and evangelists and to cure people of the afflictions that they have. Send them out. And, and they say amen. And they open their eyes. And Jesus is looking at them. And he says, Peter, James, John, Matthew, the tax collector, Simon, the zealot, Judas Iscariot, the one who would betray me. I'm sending you. I'm sending you from city to city and town to town, and I'm sending you with my power and with my authority to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to cure leprosy, and to proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near. Freely you have received, Jesus says, so freely give. So the disciples do it. They go out proclaiming, healing, cleansing, driving out demons, the very things that Jesus was doing. He promised the disciples would be able to do the same thing as well. And that's all great through chapter 10, verse 8. But then Jesus tells the disciples, as we talked about last week, the rest of the story. He talks about the high cost that comes with being a part of his mission and ministry. That being one of those who sent in Jesus' name will come with a high cost. You remember the cost, don't you? That disciples who are gathered in and sent out in Jesus' name are sent out like sheep among wolves. They will be beaten. They'll be ridiculed. They'll be persecuted and prosecuted. Even their families will betray them, Jesus says, because of their choice to follow after him. And then in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, Jesus reminds them that if you lose your life for my sake, you'll take it up again. You will find it in him. That's the stage that's set for Jesus to say these last words to his disciples as they head out to carry on his ministry. He says to them, anyone who welcomes you, you disciples of Jesus, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And anyone who gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. 
Now, I want to take just a second for us to walk through this passage together because this is the very end of a long scene. It spans a chapter and a half as Jesus is sending out his disciples to carry on his mission. And from time to time, when we're reading the stories of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we can get caught up in just trying to get through it. So I want us to pause just for a second and to consider each one of these verses by itself. So in verse 40, Jesus says to his disciples, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. In other words, if disciples come to a city or a town or a settlement or a village or a house and they are welcome, the people aren't just welcoming Matthew the tax collector and Simon the zealot or Judas Iscariot or Peter, James, or John. They're actually welcoming Jesus himself. More than that, they are welcoming God, the Father who sent Jesus. What an incredible gift to welcome God's presence into your life, into your home, into your village, into your family. But more than that, what an incredible responsibility for those who are called disciples of Jesus Christ. And friends, for most of us gathered in this space today, that's us. We are the disciples of Jesus who have been gathered and who are being sent out in Jesus' name with Jesus' power and Jesus' authority to do the very same works that Jesus was doing in the world. We who are disciples of Jesus Christ, we embody God's presence as we go throughout our day. We are the body of Christ, and I don't mean in some abstract or imaginary way. I mean you and I, we truly are the body of Christ. Christ has no hands but yours. Christ has no feet but ours. Where you go, God's presence goes. Where you go, God's power goes. Where you go, the kingdom of God goes. It's with you all the way because it's in you. And it is you. Y'all don't look like you're getting it this morning. I mean, it is July the 2nd, and you stayed up late watching fireworks last night, and that's okay. I want you to think back then, just for a minute, to maybe when you were 8 to 10 years old, and you were just getting old enough to be sort of independent and um, let out on your own um, by your parents. Remember these moments when it's like, okay, you're finally old enough to go to a friend's house by yourself, to, to a party by yourself, um, to go to camp by yourself. There's always this moment, isn't there, as your parents are dropping you off. I'm sorry, Mom, Dad, y'all remember this moment. I, I hope I did all right. Right? You remember this moment where you're sitting in the back seat of the car because we had to ride in the back seat of the car, right? We're the kids. You're sitting back there and your parent turns around and they go, remember who you represent, right? Remember who you are. Remember who you are, Jonathan, Brian. Remember that you represent not only yourself, but your family. Not only that, but you represent Jesus. Remember who you are, Christians. Remember who you are, disciples. Remember who you are and who you represent. Because you are the presence of Christ in the world. 
You are the hands of Christ, the feet of Christ. What we touch, Jesus touches. Where we go, Jesus goes. What we do, Jesus does. And the world is watching, friends. Not in a sort of punitive, we're going to get them one day. But the world is watching to know if the hope that you and I know is real. Or if it's just another philosophy. They're watching us to see if they can welcome Christ's presence into their life. They're watching us because we are the ones who are sent in Jesus' name and with Jesus' power to continue God's mission and ministry in the world, to proclaim the kingdom, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, that's our mission to make disciples and to transform the world in Jesus' name. The master's evangelism plan is us. It's us carrying his presence out into the world. So Jesus goes on in verse 41. He continues by saying, Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. Now, there's been a lot of ink spilled on this particular verse. On Matthew chapter 10, 41, there's lots of questions about what Jesus means when he talks about a prophet, receiving a prophet as a prophet, and getting a prophet's reward. And so I was doing research over the past few weeks trying to get a grip on what Jesus is talking about here. And everything I read from the scholars um, left me dissatisfied. And a lot of those guys had a lot more letters at the end of their name than I do. But I kept thinking, this isn't it. What you're suggesting isn't the right thought here. Because what they were suggesting is that a prophet's reward or a righteous person's reward is just the presence of the other. That being nice and welcoming someone is is good in and of itself. And while there's some truth to that, I think that we can be clear about what a prophet's reward is and what a righteous person's reward is. And it strikes me that, that what that is is the very same thing. It's salvation and it's God's abiding presence with us. Prophets and righteous people are rewarded with a closer and deeper connection to God, a more intimate relationship with the creator and the sustainer of all things. The reward for you and for me when we welcome Jesus' presence into our lives. The reward for those who welcome us as we proclaim and carry forward Jesus' mission isn't more power or more fame or greater authority or miracles or a new truck. I know, right? Be cool if it was. All that stuff fades, though. The greatest reward of all, the greatest reward of all, is finding the life that you lost to sin in Jesus and living in the presence of God each day. The reward for welcoming a prophet, for welcoming a righteous person, for welcoming Jesus into our lives is salvation and life that truly is 
life. Friends, there is no greater reward. The reward is Jesus who saves us and who is with us in the thick, in the thin, in the ups and the downs, in the joys and the hurts that life and death and everything in between brings to us. The reward that's waiting for us as disciples of Jesus who welcome Jesus into our lives is salvation and God's presence with us. And for those of you who haven't made that choice yet to welcome Jesus into your life, I've got to tell you that it's not tough. And Jesus underscores this in verse 42. Jesus tells us in verse 42 that welcoming his presence, welcoming his disciples, welcoming him is as simple as offering a cup of cold water. It's as simple as offering a cup of cold water. Jesus is saying that the simplest reception of him, the simplest welcome, is all that it takes to make him yours. Like offering a cup of cold water to a stranger to welcome them. There are no secret prayers to pray or special words to say. We receive salvation when we welcome Jesus into our hearts. When we repent of our sins and we choose to walk in his presence day by day. Sometimes I think we overcomplicate salvation. We make it about all sorts of things that really just seem to get in the way. Salvation, though, is simply receiving Jesus and welcoming him in. From there, the Holy Spirit begins to work within you so that day by day, through the power of God's grace at work inside of you, every broken place is healed and mended. So that the image that was impressed upon your soul when Jesus formed you is recovered, not by your own work, but by the work of God inside your life. But friends, it all begins with a welcome. It all begins with an open hand to welcome Jesus into our lives. So that we can become his disciples. So that we can be drawn deeper and closer to him and so that we can be sent out to share the salvation and the presence of God that we know in our lives with those around us. In just a few moments, through the sacrament of Holy Communion, we are going to be reminded that as we receive the body and blood of Christ, we become the body and blood of Christ we'll be reminded that all of this is grace. Grace that offers us salvation. Grace that offers us Jesus' real presence. Grace that offers us God's abiding presence with us. They're all free and offered to us without price. All we have to do is welcome him in. And once we've received him, we're sent to serve and to share him with others. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that you saw us when we were harassed and helpless. That you saw us when we were broken under the weight of sin and shame. And you did not withhold your presence from us. Instead, Lord, you came leaving heaven to come and live among us, to show us to give us a pattern for how we ought to live. 
Then you died on the cross for our sins, that our guilt might be erased. And three days later, Lord, you rose from that grave, defeating hell and death for all eternity. God, we thank you for what you have done, God. And we stand here with open hands, ready to receive that free gift of salvation and eternal life. Lord Jesus, call us to yourself and send us out that we might be bearers of your good news even to the end of the earth, that we might be those who carry on your ministry and your mission, proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near and that there is healing, wholeness, salvation, and eternal life available through you and in you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.